0: Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. I know size can be daunting, but don't be afraid. I love you. Welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast, the podcast for law-abiding, fun-loving gun owners of the city. This show features how-tos, news, and political views on what's happening around the world and in your city related to the sports of shooting and protecting what's important to you. Your host is known as the Black Man with a Gun. He's a former U.S. Marine, federal firearms instructor, private investigator, counterterrorist, public speaker, and web personality. He's been featured in two documentaries, Fox News, the BBC, the Washington Business Journal, Washington Times, Wall Street Journal, and here he is now to give power to the people, Ken Blanchard. just a moment. I hear people wanting something. Me! This week on episode 108 shout outs, an apology about show 107. Yeah, yeah, I know. About the podcast, a tip for indoor ranges. What I shoot, what I have on the horizon, a tribute story to my grandmother called her kitchen all this and a little bit more on your favor righteous podcast coming up next i do want to thank you for listening downloading and subscribing to the podcast if you are a new listener or have never corresponded with me you can send me an email and let me know where you are on the planet your interest and what you like to hear about or on the show If I can do it, I will. If not, I'll point you in the right direction. I'm available by email at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com and 888-772-6262 anytime. It's a toll-free voicemail system where you can call and leave me a message. That number again is 888-772-6262. Spring is here. Yeah. Well, let's get this show on the road. Hey, quick shout out to the Y guy from Wisconsin. Thanks for your kindness on the Gun Rights Radio forums, man. I really appreciate that. Jason and Kevin, I didn't forget about you, brothers. I've just been moving real slow lately. Your Urban Shooter membership cards are on the way. Hello to Nate and CC in North Carolina, Xavier in France, Martin in South Africa, Carrie and Carson and the Resonator Twins in Canada, Jeff, Derek, Mike, and the Professional Arms family in Florida. Shad in Delaware. All the brothers in Georgia. Hey, Luke, and the folks in Ohio. How about the Cadre in Cali? And ladies, thank you so much for listening, Annie and Lynn. And my Philly friends like Bruce and Mike P. And especially Mike P is providing the intro music and is working on some great things for the Urban Shooter podcast. Speaking of great things. Hey, it's great that you're listening. This show has several features that I rotate to keep the show different, interesting, and at times intellectually stimulating. We have Zombie Strike that some of you love and some of you hate. Now, on this make pretend thing, it's an audio story that you can contribute to. You can call me on my toll free number. And you can improvise, make your own script, add sound effects if you like, and you can contribute to it. I just kind of give you the parameters and you can just go for it. Now, Zombie Strike is a fictitious island in the South Pacific where folks go to hunt zombies for sport. Now, I know it's strange, but I'm trying to get folks to feel free to be silly and be creative. Also, you can get a chance to talk about weapons or make up one. Um, how you would take out zombies. I mean, it's a, it can be a tactical thing, too. You can actually share your knowledge on how you would take out the undead. As the Joker said in Batman, why so serious? Also, on the show, I have interviews from time to time with authors, activists, and instructors that I wrangle on here. You also will hear firearms instructor and health professional and a friend of ours known as Mama Helen. And her job is to provide information for new shooters as often as she is available. Now, straight up, I got to tell you, I apologize for the broadcast last week. Um, I had Mama's theme music much too loud and it took away from her voice. My bad. I sorry. And I got some good feedback about that. I mean, a couple folks sent me little emails and notes and I took it to heart. I agree with you. I messed up. Feedback is good. Speaking of which, could you provide some of it on iTunes for me? I don't know if it'll help other folks find me or not, but it might. My newest segment, Oh Hell No. Kind of got jacked up last week too. 107 and I had issues. Let me just be honest. My timing was off, but with your help, it'll get better. Oh Hell No is my commentary to the news. Podcasting, I found out, is not time-sensitive. So by the time you hear this, I've probably worked a couple of days on my day job, cooked a few meals, picked up my kid from school, taught Bible study, and maybe even preached a few times. So announcements and news is always going to be history. I'll try to add links and a few bits to the show notes after each show on urbanshooterpodcast.com so you can catch up in case you miss um, one of my mumbles or stumbles of a word. I also do a feature called shoot. Don't shoot. Oh, you like that one. Well, thanks. Well, see, that's why I do a scenario where you will have to decide how you're going to react. I don't always give you the answer so that you can resolve it. I want you to think. I want you to put that in your database. See, protecting yourself is not your only worry. You have to survive the incident emotionally, physically, and in the court of law and unfortunately, public opinion. And I want you to make it. All right, what else do you hear on this show? Oh yeah, there's usually some ads on the show to remind you that I have a good book for sale. I'm also selling some targets to help my church. And that's that this totally free show is supported by listeners that sacrifice $1 a week to help me do this. And I call them members of the Urban Shooter Association. You hear me refer to that every once in a while on the show. And then there's our, our big corporate sponsor, Crossbreed Holster. And that's a great U.S. manufacturer of leather holster gear and concealed carry stuff. And please check them out. There are links to it on blackmanwithagun.com and on urbanshooterpodcast.com. Crossbreedholsters.com. Check them out. Okay, as promised, here's a tip for those who shoot at indoor ranges. If you live in or near an urban area and the only place you can shoot is probably an indoor range. You should probably buy yourself some foam plugs and some muff types. See, the noise level inside a range can cause hearing loss and make your ch- your shooting time less than enjoyable if you're fighting that noise. You know, noise can be used to stun people. So if you're going into an environment where the stuff can cause hearing loss, you want to protect yourself and make the whole thing better. So I recommend that you double up on your hearing protection. Also, if you don't wear prescription glasses, I re- recommend you buy some clear lenses, protective eyewear, and you can find both in catalogs like uh, Cheaper Than Dirt, Brian uh, etc. And I even have a set of blackmanwithagun.com official wear you'll find on the site. But you can get a good set Wherever they sell lawn equipment. I mean, Lowe's, Home Depot, the family hardware store. And speaking of lawn equipment, I can't wait till I can travel to Live Oak, Florida to check out the lawn shop of the Pro Arms folks. John's Lawn Equipment. And you can find that on johnslauneq.com. And it's also a good idea if you come into the range to uh, bring your own targets and ammo. Well, if you can find any ammo these days. So that all you have to pay for is range time. And you don't have to shoot my zombie targets either. You can use paper plates that you can buy real cheap at the dollar store. Just staple the target to a foot-long strip of cardboard and hang it from the alligator clip that usually holds your your paper target in place and you'll have a challenging target. Or you can just shoot an 8x11 piece of paper. Think about it. That size of a 5 ring on a B27 target, it's about a little bit bigger than an 8x11 piece of paper. So if you can hit the paper anywhere or the plate, you're doing good. And it's even better when you can develop a good group on that paper or that paper plate. You know, one thing I never talk about is what I shoot. What am I shooting? Well, usually an old reconditioned Glock 17 reissued from the Metropolitan Police Department here in the District of Columbia, way back in 1986 when I got it. And the thing is ugly, but I can thread a needle with that joker. It's worn, but it still works. And I also have a Kimber forty-five, one of the first ones they, they had out, nothing fancy. And my newest addition is my Browning High Power that definitely needs some gunsmithing to make it a little better. Those are my three that I use most of the time. And, uh, the browning, I've only probably put two or three hundred rounds through it since I got it. Uh, I got that web bite on the back. So I want a beaver tail on the back of that. And I want to change the the rear and the front sight on it. And I bought some imitation stag grips. I really like the look. It makes the gun look kind of funky. Uh, but they are not real stag and they're based on some wood with epoxy colored and I got them off of eBay for like 35 bucks. They look good, but they don't work. The, uh, they keep you from being able to use the safety and they add about a good inch or two to the grips, which makes it a hog leg and not really good for anything other than looking at it. So that's my project for that. And as soon as I find a willing and a skilled, um, gunsmith, to do a little polishing for me and tighten up some things and even throw on a beaver tail if it's possible. That's what I'm going to have done. All right. Here's what I got going on in the future, my on-the-horizon plans. And this show just kind of rolling right along, isn't it? Well, the Gun Owners of America has recently named me Director of Urban Affairs. So if you're not a member of the GOA, please consider joining us. I'm going to try to increase their numbers and our overall effectiveness in this struggle, but I can't do it by myself. Now, see, the GOA does have some good stuff that nobody else does, and we need that to be everywhere. All gun rights orgs should be amping up right now. But you know something? I think it's time to go on the offensive, personally. I'm working on a plan to do a city-by-city tour across the country. And I'm going to probably hit the hard case cities first. Philly, New York City. Detroit, Chicago, Miami, Dallas, Fort Worth area, and Los Angeles. And I'll do this with some meetups, some mini conferences, and then I'll hit the uh, cities that have been jerked around and only have partial freedoms. I'm calling it the urban shooter movement, and it's not going to be your grandfather's rally either. We're going to party with entertainment and education. Going to try to raise some money too for children, for shelters, for animals, along with the victims of violence. Going to be socially responsible and get a buy-in from folks that haven't heard from us, or I would like to get them involved. Actually, people that have been kind of been separate from the issue, I'm going to try to grab them into the mix. I'll let the political people do their their thing in legislation. I'm taking it to the streets if that's okay with you. See, I can't wait to meet you in person, actually, share a cold beverage, maybe even smoke a Monte Cristo and laugh a little bit before we strategize on our next move. Energize the people in your area and pulverize some stupidity. I think Philly might be my first move or maybe even Tidewater. That's why I kind of ask for financial help on the sly. I ask for the Urban Shooter Association members to donate. I ask for um, sponsorship because I know I can't do it without money. I've been around long enough to know that uh, my good looks ain't catching it. And I know from experience that the big orgs are not going to fund me. That's why I sought out sponsors early and do what I do because I got work to do, baby. All right. Now, I'd like to tell you a little story about my grandmother and change up things a little bit. So if a story is all right with you, kick back and check this out. the first hero in my life was my grandmother. Now, my grandmother and my grandfather were married for a long time. But my grandmother was that matriarch that you see in the movies, that you hear about in African-American families. She made a difference in my life and many of our cousins and my sisters. I was born in rural Suffolk, Virginia, in a town that no longer exists called Wellaville, Virginia. It was probably about a mile walking distance through the woods to the town of Gates, North Carolina. We're talking southeastern bottom end Blackwater Swamp Refuge area of Virginia. Suffolk, Tidewater, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, that area. Well, there was a little town if you can call it that, that my grandmother lived in. And when I was born, they still had outhouses and well water and that little pump that you had a prime. And I'm talking time stopped down there. It was a lot different than it is now. When my mother had me, she wasn't married. So before she went to look for a job in the big city of Washington, D.C., She left me with my grandmother, and that's where the bond began. And every spring, Easter vacation, spring break, summer vacation, any long holiday, longer than a couple of days, I caught a Greyhound bus or a Trollways bus, or was driven back down to Suffolk, Virginia to be with my grandmother and grandfather. They had a farm with chickens and ducks and hogs and the real deal grandmother also introduced me to the firearms world but in a different way. You see there was a loaded shotgun in her kitchen and that's what I'm going to talk about grandma's kitchen. This shotgun was behind the stove next to the wood box loaded unlocked and with all the grandchildren nobody ever touched it. We respected my grandmother. My grandfather had suffered a stroke, and he wasn't moving as fast as he used to anymore, and he wasn't working. Grandma was the, the active person. She was probably a 200-pound woman, could split wood with one arm, holding an axe. She was bad, and she could cook and make the best coconut cake outside of an Amish market. That's my grandmother. She had a pistol, too, that I only saw a couple of times. When I wondered if uh, if we got in any trouble, what was going to happen? She reminded me that she had a pistol in her bedroom. I thought, go ahead, Grandma. So my first introductory into firearms world and if firearms were bad, they couldn't be because my grandmother had one. Well, let me tell you what happened. The first time I seen... The shotgun in action was New Year's Eve. It was an annual thing. Every New Year's night or New Year's Eve night when we celebrate that January 1st when Abraham Lincoln gave us the Emancipation Proclamation, my grandmother would celebrate her freedom with a shotgun and she would open up that door Slide out with her slippers on on the back porch, open that screen door in that cold winter, and fire off a shot with her shotgun. So it worked. Well, one spring, and the water was high on the swamp because her backyard kind of went right into a swamp. There was a ditch that the clothesline went over and The swamp had all kind of living things in it, frogs and snakes and birds and those little heron looking things, little stork deals. I mean, it was just a a great place for a kid because I could go out there and watch tadpoles grow and that whole nine yards. Well, one day, one spring day, I was out there near the grapevine watching the animal life and all that God had created when a cotton mouth a water moccasin one of the few poisonous snakes that is in Virginia came out of the water onto the ground and was sunning himself, basking in the sun I didn't see him I was walking and looking and probably trying to pluck off some leaves and throw stuff into the water and I got a little too close and I heard a hiss I looked down and less than a foot away from me was this dark green black ugly olive colored snake coiled and his mouth was wide open showing why they called it a cotton mouth and I could see the fangs I mean it was just that close I may have been seven or eight years old and I knew I was in trouble I was a little bit different than most kids. I weren't really afraid of snakes, but I knew this one was not a harmless black snake that we found in the barn. This was not the ones, the rat snakes that we're told to leave alone. This one was bad. So I hollered for my grandmother. I just didn't holler. I screamed. I heard the screen door open. I heard her slide, her slippers to the front step and holler boy what's wrong with you it's a snake grandma right by my leg and I heard this mummering about Jesus and the door closed and I hollered again grandma don't leave me out here she came back really quick With that shotgun. Now. My grandmother was old to me. And New Year's Eve is one thing. But a loaded shotgun. In the hands of an old woman. I was more afraid of my grandmother at this point. Because I wasn't sure. What she planned to do. She marched. A few feet. From the house. Took aim with the shotgun pulled the trigger I closed my eyes lowered my head and thought this was the end my grandmother just shot me but she hadn't when I looked at the ground near my feet I saw the snake had been split in about three or four pieces mouth was still open There's a small couple of chunks of hole in the ground. And my grandmother had expertly dispatched with the snake. I remember my eyes kind of teared up. I don't know why, but. I look back at the house and grandmother just went back inside and I heard the door slam. Blam. She's gone back in the kitchen. Going back to do whatever grandma does during the day not another word I looked at the snake again and thought I guess I'll just go on the front porch for the rest of the day that made a remarkable memorable moment in my life it was no big deal firearms were tools grandma knew how to use the the axe the shotgun and the cake pan There's nothing she couldn't do. So I had a different view of firearms from the age of eight on. They weren't something to be afraid of. They were like the axe that sat stuck in a stump in the middle of the yard that nobody bothered. Like that shotgun, like grandma's knives that were surgically sharp. But they were all dull and ugly and black All her stuff didn't look pretty at all, but it had function. And we respected Grandma enough not to touch anything she told us not to bother. So later in life, when people look at me funny and how can you be for guns and how can you promote this and how can you do this, I think about my grandmother. It was just a tool. It kept me from getting bit by a water moccasin. It celebrated our freedom on New Year's Eve. It was not a boogeyman. And if grandma had it, it had to be okay. And of course, later, I became a U.S. Marine, a police officer, and a firearms instructor. So I learned a whole lot more. But thanks to my grandmother, I learned the important things about responsibility and life. Thanks for indulging me in my little story. Starting a firearms business. dues. And don't. Hey, I want to ask you a personal question. How many of you have, this, have thought about what this, right, what this economy as it is, and how prices are and how things are? What would it be like if you started your own gun training business or firearms business or federal licensed dealer business? How can I cash in on this Obama thing, this fear? How can I make some money in this bad economy? Well, I'm going to give you a few tips of what not to do. You know there's a really high cost to do business? If it costs you $10 to make $2, you're not doing well. And that can happen really, really easy. The gun biz may be profitable. Whether you sell firearms, accessories, or services like instruction. But whatever you do, plan for it. Don't just stick your stuff out there and run. You can get caught up. Like you can use some stuff for tax deductions, but you will not get as much um, back as you think. Everything is not 100%. You can't uh, take a deduction for your car, your truck for its use on 100%. If you buy a firearm and use in training, it won't be deducted totally. Uh, Make sure you get a tax attorney, um, somebody other than, you know, your Uncle Bob that does your taxes. Find somebody who knows about incorporations and all the new laws. Believe it or not, the IRS really uh, looks at business owners more. And uh, I don't want to get you strung out there. Now, be very careful and plan out as much as you can before you start spending your money. Why? Because some of the stuff, most of the stuff that you think you need You can probably get it for free. Or you don't need it, or you don't need it yet. Now, can you buy a vehicle and write off the mileage? I know you're going to hear that stuff about being in business. The real answer is yes, no, and it depends. You're going to need professional help on that one. You won't get it on the Internet. You need somebody who can deduce this. That money is well spent. If you can find somebody who will give you the right knowledge. But write down what you want to do first. Before you run out and get that plaque made for your house, you're going to need a business account, tax ID, and all that stuff. But believe it or not, banks charge more for business accounts. You'll need business insurance, a business name, and you're going to have to incorporate you, market you. And that's where the expense really comes in. Just having your services out there, building it doesn't mean they'll come. I screwed up more than most people. So I'm going to share with you uh, the top 10 things that you shouldn't do when you start a business. Number one, think about leaving your job before you have completed startup plans. Number two, consider starting a business in a field that you don't like. Number three, don't risk your family's money. Limit your liabilities to a predetermined amount. Now this could happen really, really fast. Number four, don't compete with your employer In a moonlighting business, as soon as the word gets out that you got a side job and that your phone calls will be monitored, your internet used to be monitored, all that stuff, and you can lose a job that's keeping you and your your family safe. Number five, don't hurry to select your business. There is no penalty for missed opportunities. Number six, select a business that is too high risk or a hurdle. Go for the two foot hurdle. Don't seek to outdo Thunder Ranch or um, Dr. Uh, Piazza's thing out there in Nevada. How do you eat an elephant? Small bites, one bite at a time. Number eight, ignore the negative aspects of an intended business. If you don't do your research, you'll make the same mistakes as your neighbor. Some stuff just doesn't work. Don't get caught up in uh, that enthusiasm that all entrepreneurs get that you think that you can do it better, that you can do something that hasn't been done before. You don't always want to be first. Number nine, don't let your self-confidence outweigh careful diligence. goes back to that again. And number 10, of the top 10 things not to do when starting a business, Don't allow the promise of conceptual high reward deter you from a reality test. Slow your roll. Do your homework. Work your plan and plan. If you like this little bit of little tidbits, hit me back up and let me know and I'll give you some more next week. Just trying to keep you from doing the same mistakes I did. I want to thank Damon Foreman who did that ZZ Top sounding thing for me. And uh, he's also doing what you hear right now called Every Day. Big shout out to Mike P in Philadelphia. He did our opening track. Psycho Soul out of Texas did the Pod Save music for my grandma's kitchen part. I want you to check out the uh, Fox News article It uh, corresponds with what I said in show number 107. Fox News was the only one who broke that story that the uh, anti-gunners were totally wrong and confirmed everything that I said. There's a link to it on urbanshooterpodcast.com. Check out my new site at kenblanchard.com. That's K-E-N-N. Blanchard is a blog, and it's going to take a place of a few things. I'm going to try to consolidate my life a little bit. You can find me on Twitter at K-E-N-N Blanchard B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D and on Facebook at Pastor Kenneth Blanchard. I got a forum on blackmanwithagun.info but I think it's going to go away for a while. Not much activity there. Um, Most of the people are on the Gun Rights Radio Network's forum and they're live and cooking. So if you want to catch up to the other podcasters. You can find them there on the GRN Network. Try to keep it simple, this show. Let me know what you think about it. And a quick shout out again to Rick and Sean in Detroit and Chicago, respectively. Uh, Corey, down south. Kelly, haven't forgot about you, girl. Miguel in Chicago keeps on them homes, man. And uh, my big brother, Thomas in Nevada. If you have any ideas that, uh, Help the show out, help me with some content. Just shoot them to me if you have ideas about you know organizing a meetup or a special event in your area, or if you want to have your brother come visit you, talk to your group, pay you a visit. Send me a note, give me a call. This will conclude show number 108. And I just want to let you know that I really appreciate you being there, and hopefully you'll send me a note and let me know how I did this time remember we did some tips for indoor shooters Um, I gave you a quick synopsis of what I'm shooting what I have on the horizon and I think it's just about the right time for my voice is starting to go and I gave a little story a tribute to my grandmother called her kitchen in remembrance of springtime you know this is really tough times right now but don't be afraid of opposition Remember, a kite rises against, not with, the wind. Until next week, this is your friend and brother from a different mother wishing you nothing but peace. Thank you for listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Ken would love to hear from you email him at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com Talk to you next week. This concludes another episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening. Power to the people. But- but maybe he's only a little crazy, like painters or composers or, or some of those men in Washington.